everyone, and welcome to I Hope I Can Make It Through, Degrassi Viewing Podcast. I'm your veteran, Donnie. I'm your neophyte, Frank, and we're here, uh, and we're uh, downtown Sasquatch, here to make you think about death and get sad and stuff. <laughs> and uh, as our backing vocals, we have one of our lovely guests, Gwendolyn. Hey, Gwen. <laughs> we're always so fucking rowdy when it's daylight when we're recording. <laughs> The few times. <laughs> I know, like the few times a year when we actually recorded the daylight. Anyway, um, today we're gonna be um, we're gonna be in a set featuring our hit new single, season three, episode eighteen from Degrassi: Next Generation, Rock and Roll High School, uh, to get us a little acquainted with our hip new EP that we're about to drop. Gwyn, would you like to introduce our A side and B side? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was clever. And my mama's. <laughs> So on our A side, we've got uh, Craig, Craig and the crew uh, versus Ashley and the crew. It's it's a battle of the bands. If you hadn't caught on to that just yet, we are having a battle of the bands. Um, and there's a lot of unresolved tension between Craig and Ashley. If you have been following the series, that gets addressed as well. On the B side, flip that record over. We've got um, Caitlin, who, who I don't know her relation to. What's his name? Joey? They're dating now. They're dating. There you go. That's their relation. Um, she is trying to... She's getting She's getting to know Angela, the, the, the sweet angel of, 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 Ash, of, of um, wow, Joey's daughter. And she's trying to take on more of like a motherly role. And get some... This, this episode's just very funny. It's good. It's good. Get ready. Before we get too far into this, we're going to put a little uh, parental advisory. Uh, so real quick, we're going to be talking a bit about teenage sexuality. There's going to be a brief mention <clears throat> of hospitalization with regards towards Harry, and there is also going to be a brief a brief moment in which a character mentions being suicidal. So be aware of that before we proceed. I'm just going to throw this out there. Oh, and sexism. Yes. We're going to be talking about sexism. <laughs> we're going to be talking about sexism. And considering Spinner and Marco are going to be in the same scenes together, we're probably going to be talking about homophobia. <laughs> Yeah, pretty good. Just general little parental exp advisory, explicit content. Okay, let's stop with the music <coughs> references. Let's get into this. Um, so let's take a look at that B plot first, the B side first. Um, this one is going is more adult centric. Um, it is a follow up now. I think the last time we saw Caitlin and Joey together was Holiday. Yeah, so we saw that they were together, um, and now we're going to kind of see how their relationship is kind of playing out. Um, I, I think because we're hitting the later season, um, the money's kind of running out at this point. <laughs> because, like, this is just a B-plot bottle episode. They don't leave the living room. This is correct. They do not. Like, there's, like, no setting changes. Well, um, they were they, outside in the yeah. very first scene. They in were the outside, scene. and then they went inside, and then they didn't, they didn't leave the house. They blew the yeah. budget on that Toronto Blue Jays baseball player that made a cameo. <laughs> oh okay <laughs> but um anyway Wait, in this episode yeah that was Where the was guy that? he was the guy that was hosting the battle of the bands because <clears throat> i looked at him I'm like he's definitely a baseball player um and he had like the little uh blue jays logo and then i looked at the opening again okay. and they've mentioned who he was um anyway wow, i can't believe they even bothered <laughs> hey you know there are some maybe, cameos. maybe the folks watching it um in Canada, as it aired, knew who that guy was. I'm gonna go with yes, but um, but that guy's agent was just like, "Look, Jay Epstein is on this show. You need some FaceTime with him." <laughs> so meanwhile, do you, know how, do you know how many issues of Canadian Tiger Beat he's on? <laughs> meanwhile, at Joey's, um, we have Caitlin arriving via taxi, um, and she 
is, um, you know, she's kind of super pumped as Joey's unloading groceries with Angela. He's kind of in parent mode, which is kind of nice to see with Joey. It's nice to see that he actually takes his responsibilities as a parental figure seriously because um, he's chastising her to be careful with, uh, with the carton of eggs that she has in her bag. As Caitlin comes stumbling in, as she usually does, Angela gets super excited. She jumps, and in the process, she drops the eggs. Um, and Caitlin tries to de-escalate the situation um, as best as she can. And Joey is just trying to reiterate, like, no, you know, it's whatever. It's just she hasn't, she was not sleeping, and now she's acting like a fool because of it. Um, and Caitlin continues to try and de-escalate the situation by doing a handstand. <laughs> <laughs> See, also, like, my reaction to having to parrot, uh-oh, a uh, handstand? <laughs> Specifically, wait, wait, sorry. I spaced out for a second. Hanson, okay. we're at the handstand already? Yes, Caitlin handstands. No, no, she does the cartwheel. Excuse me, you're right, she does the cartwheel. Yes, you're getting it mixed up. Okay. So. I'm sorry. Well, it's important. Yes. It's important. Yes, she does a very nice cartwheel. Yeah, like perfect um, straight up and down, not like the, the one that you, you say, I'm going to do a cartwheel as you're a kid, and you really kind of just like do a half-ass somersault. Yeah. It was it was a legit cartwheel. And she comes out of it saying, can your funny daddy daddy do that? There's <laughs> <laughs> a really weird energy stemming from this whole entire plot. It's just like, I'm just going to completely, like, destroy any, you know, parental authority you may have by calling him a fuddy-duddy. Fuddy-duddy daddy. Yo. Sorry, it's quite a phrase. You, you gotta use the full It version. had a different meaning back then, possibly. I don't think that is necessarily true. I think it's still, much like daddy today, depends greatly on context. Please. But, um, in response, Joey decides to join along, tries to do a handstand. Wait, wait, I just want to say that yes. in Angela's response to can your funny daddy daddy do that, she, like, says with complete glee on her face, no, he's old and no fun. <laughs> she was having so much fun this episode. Yeah, just for Angela was just having a blast. She got to be belligerent. She was so psyched. <clears throat> So, Joey then tries to join in, and in the process, beefs it. This is where he tries to do the handstand. Yes. So he does the handstand, he, he is like, oh, I'm so great, look at this, and then falls directly on his back. Yep. It's that steel energy, Oof. it just, like, it's emanating off of Angie, and that makes him beef it. Yep. Exactly that. Um, so Joey... I don't... Uh, Gwen, do you know that Angie is Cassie Steele's actual sister? Yeah. So the thing is, I don't know who Cassie Steele is. Manny. Manny. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, good, good, good. Yeah, right? It's very cute. Good, good. So Joey beefs I see it. The, I see the resemblance. Right, right. She's very, they're both very <laughs> cute kids. Um, which leads to the next scene, which is that we're at Joe. We're in Joey's living room. Caitlin is chasing Angie around. They both have their, their little capes on, um, doing a little superhero game. And in, the process, and in the process of all this, Joey is laid out on the couch. Angie gets super excited. She jumps on her dad. Joey yells in pain. Oh. And Caitlin tries to continue to de-escalate by being like, oh, no, he's a good guy. <laughs> we don't attack the good guy. <laughs> Caitlin is so bad at children. I mean, she's very good at teenagers. I think she's just one of those where it's like she's very good working with, like, Ellie. She's good at teenagers working with them, but, like, any any age, like, below, like, 13, she just does, just does not know what to do. 
Uh, I had to babysit on Sunday. I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> What's the age group? Five. Five is fun. Five is fun, but they still may pee their pants. That's the problem with them. Schmeh. Like, they're fun as hell, but then they don't realize they have to go to the bathroom. That's my review of five-year-olds. I, um... I know Jim, uh, Joey's pain, though, because I have bad... I have back problems, and... When that shit flares up, it sucks. Yep. Nah, I feel him, too. Um, but yeah, Joey <coughs> tries to... Joey's response to this whole entire thing is just like, Hey, Angie, go upstairs, pack your bag. And he says, he tells Caitlin he's gonna call his mom to look after her until he feels better. Um, and Caitlin's like, well, why are you doing that? Like, I can. Um, it's fine. And Joey just is, like, super doubtful and says that Angie needs a firm hand. She, she says, or he said, he, he tells, um... Caitlin, that she's more a friend than a mom. He straight up says, like, your friend great, but not parent great. Yeah. And I don't understand why that was not a bigger point of tension between the two of them. Like, that's a harsh thing to say. Especially when it's somebody that you're dating. Like, it's not just, like, your friend that you're like, ah, ha, ha, whatever. Like, no, this is, like, this is a partner that I am pr- I am actively, like, with. And... And yes, there's this child in the mixture. Like, if he- she has any intentions to continue this relationship like where is that gonna go yeah like if i if i had a partner who was a who had a kid and i was dating them and they were like yeah you're kind of a piece of shit in terms of being a parent i would be like fuck you buddy like teach me how to be then well i think that's i know i i'm just i think that's what joey means it's just like she he she does i mean i feel like there was a different way of saying it i feel like the way he said it was pretty mean yeah, but yeah, we, we mean. Joey's an asshole. We know this. I mean, yes. Like Joey. Also, just say okay. Just saying saying that to someone who you're dating gives a very distinct implication that you don't see her in the picture as a parent. Yeah. So what does that mean to her? I'm, what am I to you? Am I just a fling? Am I just a? Am I just here to? I don't know. Be your girlfriend on the side. Exactly. Not actually yeah. involved in your life. Exactly. I re- I agree. This should have been a point of stress, but it wasn't. Somehow it, they just wanted to show a B plot of of Caitlin trying to um, bulldoze bulldoze her way through trying to parent. Yeah, like she just she does not she just bounces back. She's like whatever and calls like Angie from upstairs and saying like hey like how you're long staying. have they been dating? Oh, uh, it's got to be three four months at this point. Maybe maybe it, so. Okay. They started dating in uh, at Christmas. I mean they've known each other since they were kids. All right, but. You know. Uh, so if it was really early in the relationship, maybe she just would have let it slide, but... Well, it's weird, because I guess it... I would say it's still pretty early in their relationship. I mean, like... Their, their, their like, outside scenes were definitely filmed in cold weather. I don't yeah. know if that helps at all. Well, <laughs> if, we're, if we're basing this off of the actual school year, which Degrassi season seems to be based on... Oh, the season's almost over. Yeah, so I'm saying they got together... Meet, they got together Christmas Eve... Because Caitlin was flying out on that private jet. So we're, I'd say maybe early April. Um, maybe late May, late, late March. Okay. Um, and if we remember December, Caitlin was still like, kind of working things out, being a babysitter. Yeah. So... But, Wait, she was a babysitter? Yeah, there was a whole thing where, like, Angie wanted to wear her skate uniform, then got stuff on the skate uniform. Sydney lost her noodle. 
Yeah, because uh, you know, Joey's ex. Sydney was became a cipher for that episode. Um, <laughs> yup. Okay, Dahlia, this is gonna happen now. I'm uncrossing my legs. My legs falling asleep. There you go. Don't <laughs> don't you bite that. Oh God! Another another episode. Another moment of Dahlia being herself. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like, Caitlyn just kind of blows through it, and is just like, I've got this, and, you know, tries to come off super triumphant in her, like, blanket cape. Um, so the next scene that we have with this plot, it's the morning at Joey's, and Caitlyn is, Caitlyn is kind of serving out breakfast that she has prepared. She's talking about how, like, she has a very tight schedule, but she was able to make time to make breakfast. She's going to be able to drop off Angie, and then she has a meeting. Um, so everything is kind of lined up just so. And as she's trying to line all this up, she has, like, curlers at the top of her hair and everything. She's, like, trying to get ready to go. Angie decides that now is the perfect time to try and push her limits because she's a child and that's just what kids do. Um, so she makes a big stink about the breakfast. And Joey is trying to de-escalate the situation because he knows that she is full of shit because she is a child. And Caitlin's going, oh, you want pancakes? I'll make pancakes. It's fine. <laughs> she's just getting pushed around by this 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 six-year-old child yeah like i mean she's still probably i don't know it's very interesting it's always interesting when you're somebody who works a lot with kids and you watch someone who clearly does not because to me i'm like oh this is obvious but like if you don't work with kids you don't really realize like even the nicest kids are going to try and like push your buttons and see what they can get away with even angie will even dahlia will <laughs> but um yeah it's what kids do they need to figure things out exactly exactly so <laughs> it's and like joey joey totally is aware of this but caitlin is just not picking up the hints um and he's pulling in emma where he's just like i'm gonna let this one play out <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> let her learn the ropes well that's the thing i actually don't other than that weird comment Joey makes, I don't blame Joey for kind of just being like, she's got to figure this out. Because I think to a certain extent, like, you could prepare somebody to work with kids all you want. But at the end of the day, a lot of the time you just got to experience it yourself. You just got to, if you just spent forever studying how a four-year-old works, you're never going to figure out things at the capacity that you need to. You kind of just got to jump in and figure this shit out on the fly. So I do understand why Joey's just kind of like, eh, whatever. <laughs> But, um, she's kind of stumbling through. Caitlin tries to push back her meeting to try and accommodate Angie's needs. And in the process, she drops her phone in a vat of oatmeal. Wow. Yeah. It's pretty gross. And Joey just thinks it's hysterical. <laughs> like, he makes, like, a breakfast-related pun on her, like, not getting to work on time or something like that. I don't know. But he was just making fun of her. Oh, yeah, he thinks it's hilarious. It's, Angie thinks it's hilarious. It is kind of funny. It is funny. <laughs> um, next scene we have Caitlin and Angie coming back from shopping. We are still in the living room. Um, Angie says that she's going to go and, like, you know, play outside. And Caitlin's like, no, like, you got to stay here. And You have to wash up for dinner. Yeah, you got to wash up for dinner. Typical kind of adult-child banter. We're missing one transition point here is that at the end of the last scene, Joey tells her um, she's got to be more firm. Yes, she, she's she's she has to like, you know, you can't be her friend. You gotta you gotta be, a, you got a parent. Exactly, you have to tell them when they can't do things. Exactly. <clears throat> um, so this kind of carries into this next <clears throat> scene because Caitlin 
gets frustrated that Angie is just kind of literally stomping off. Like, this child is just walking off, has her boots in her hands, like, ready to leave. And Caitlin kind of has, like, a your, your mother-level meltdown of, like, like, you get here, Missy! Like, that whole entire thing. It's, it's just... I mean, we've all been there. <laughs> she, she's telling her, you come back here right now. Turn around and go wash your hands. You cannot leave that. You cannot leave the house to play. And she's just keeping on walking until the very <laughs> end. Um, where she turns around after, 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 what's her name? Caitlin. Caitlin, sorry. After Caitlin, like, yells at her three times, she turns around and gives this... I think I really think the actress who was playing Angie just was living for this line. Oh, she was <laughs> like because she she gives this with like a half smile. She's barely containing the glee of being able to say, "I hate you." <laughs> just, just Bruce Wayne ended up. Right. It's like, hello, child. You're gonna actually be able to say, "I hate you," and not get yelled at by an adult. Sweet. Nice. <laughs> And obviously, Caitlin is very upset hearing a child say that to her. <laughs> We're just supposed to ignore that that she's 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 having a great time saying "I hate you." Like mm-hmm. we're supposed to believe that she's like actually feeling the "I hate" or I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I've never been told "I hate you." I haven't been to- been like given the "I hate you" treatment from a child because I don't really work with kids that young. I've gotten it from teenagers, but. I feel like with teenagers, it's like, I, I'm so immersed in it that, like, I'm like, I know this is a projection. I get it. Like, <laughs> My sister and I have watched some teen movies where people have said to their parents, I hate you. And, like, the two of us are just always like, ah, how could you do that? <laughs> right. Fear. Fear. Well, Angie has just, no... It's just so funny. She has no loyalties. Instantly from friend to enemy. <laughs> yep. Having a great time with... With, with Caitlyn, too. I hate you. No fucking object permanence here. Like, oh, fuck that. How the mighty have fallen. Truly. Um, the next scene we have at Joey's, Caitlyn's coming down the stairs, and um, Joey kind of checks in with her and says that, and Caitlyn reports back that talking to Angie led nowhere. Angie did not even open up the door. Um... <laughs> And Joey's I tried to reason with her. Oh wait, she's six. Right. And Joey's like, "Well, I mean, it could be worse. She didn't steal a car." <laughs> Which it was funny to see. Do you know the meaning of a silent alarm? <laughs> and and, and, and yeah. Angie, do you know the meaning of pancakes? <laughs> but like, I do. I do appreciate that Joey was like, "Yeah, no, like that was Craig trying to push my limits," and that's kind of you know what it's like when a teenager does it, and you're lucky that she doesn't fucking know how to drive because that would have happened maybe. <laughs> It's just like, man, I really wish I could re-rip up those Kid Elric tickets. All right. Um, and Caitlin is kind of rattled because she says that when she yelled at Angie, it felt like her mother's voice was coming out. Um, which is real. Like, I get yeah. it. Like, I think especially with Caitlin, Caitlin has this fear of getting older, which we've seen on a very, like, transparent, like a very, like, um... I don't know, a very, like, vapid level of sorts in the first episode where she was whining about being almost 30, et cetera, et cetera. But I think we see this a lot in the way that her personality Wait, is. how old is she? She is, at the first season, was 28 years old. So how old is Joey? Is he the same he's age? He's the same age, yeah. Oh, you... Okay. <laughs> yeah, young dad. Yeah, he's a young dad. Um, so, with... <clears throat> 
with Caitlyn, like, I feel like she always has this fear of acting like an adult. Like, and sometimes, you know what, she's a goofball, and that's just kind of the way she is. But it's interesting to kind of see this slight thread of sorts with her, where she is always very apprehensive to kind of end up growing up, for lack of better terms. And I don't think it's always a bad thing, but it is kind of interesting to see how, like, her fear of being a more authoritative figure a lot of the time is looped up in this idea of, like, she doesn't want to kind of end up, like, the, you know, fuddy-duddies of the world. Yeah, I mean, I get it. Yeah, me too. I mean, I'm basically the same age as her, which is kind of scary, but hey. Right. I'm older than her. (laughs) I'll be 40 someday. (laughs) (laughs) Someday, yes. Yeah, true. I'm 33. I'm like seven years away from You can't start saying that until you hit 35. You still got a while, dude. You still need halfway through. Yeah. I'm going to eat my prunes, and then we'll just hang out, okay? My uh, hair's already going. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to be, like, 40 by the time we finish up this podcast, so it'll be great. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, will we? I mean, we, no, we, we won't. we like, three seasons we a year. We won't. We won't. Speaking of which, your anniversary coming up, what, what? Anyway. Um, but anyway, Joey points out that, like, you know, it's not that so much as, like, you need to set limits, um, in that you basically you need to kind of gain that respect, which is advice that I think most people who work with kids kind of try to tell people who are kind of new to the scene, where it's basically like, you gotta earn the respect first, and then you can goof off, and then it's okay. Like, you need a little bit of time before you get to that point, though. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, this is like... It's, it's weird seeing Joey be smart. <laughs> yeah. and he, he turns it into a tender moment, too. He says, stick around, you'll get there. Exactly. Yeah. And then he's just like, maybe we should, I, you know, this is like one of the more rewarding moments of being a parent where you realize you don't know what's going on. Speaking of which, I don't know what's going on with Craig. Where is he? I wonder, right? I wonder if he's doing okay. Yeah, like, he, they didn't even mention going to his fucking show in the A-plot. Like The only mention Joey makes of Craig is like, Craig can help take care of me. It's like, do you know I, what Craig's up to? I feel like this was a, a, a prime example of they picked the B-plot out of the hat of B-plots they had already <laughs> finished and filmed and just needed to put into an A-plot. Yeah, it's always it's almost disappointing, though, because I feel like... I feel like... Um, which episode? Um, I don't know anymore when we record things, but, like, I appreciated the um, last episode that we recorded with Terry and Rick and how yeah. the A-plot and the B-plot had really good transitions between the two, and it made it into, like, this really nice, coherent piece. And it's, like, so disappointing because it's, like, Craig lives in this fucking house. Like, I, I'm really hoping at one point they just, like, because I know the episode count is going to increase with these seasons. Um, I'm really hoping there comes a point where they just completely forget who which characters are in which plot. <laughs> and then there's, like, a, a plot where Ellie's in, like, three different places at once. <laughs> Please. <laughs> she passes herself in the hallway. Like, what the fuck? She's hung out somehow in the background of a shot that's focused on her. <laughs> well, if we want to start talking about Ellie, I mean, she's that makes a minor. Uh, she's a minor mm. character in the A plot, but let's start talking about it. Yeah, maybe we'll get to see Craig. Hey, Spoiler, we will. He's like the main yeah. character in the A plot. Yeah. Let's go check out Craig Pilgrim. Oof. He really is, though. 
That's oh, I hate I was... this. Oh, I hate this because I'm imagining all of his exes. Oh, I don't like this one bit. Ugh. I'm sure somebody else has made this reference, but I'm in agony thinking about it right now. But anyway, um, A-plot opens up in school hallway. Jimmy is talking to Spinner and Marco about Kid Elric. Kid Elric is back. He dropped a new CD, and it's like the new hotness. It's, yes. Kid Elric is back with a new sound, so... <laughs> more maybe, rap, more rock? I don't what's, know! What's the ratio here? Maybe that's changed. Maybe he's doing country all of a sudden. Who knows? Hey! Hey! Why not? Um, oh. as the, <laughs> I just imagine Limp Biscuit going country, and I hate everything even more so. Uh, um, as they're talking about this, Craig is staring at a flyer, which is for a Battle of the Bands... Um, and the Battle of the Bands has a pretty sweet uh, win, because if you win it, you get about two days of studio time, which is pretty exciting. Um, so it's a potential point for him to have his music be exposed. Obviously, he has his band with Jimmy Spinner and Marco. And as he's looking at it, he's kind of noting that he would be able to have way more exposure. Jimmy weirdly foresees his actor's future, which is a lot of, like... The, the poppin' bottles type life. Um, Spinner sees panties being thrown at them. Ugh. Marco longs for death. Um, <laughs> He's just like, why am I stuck with these hetero assholes? <laughs> yeah, like, why was I not part of the other band? Fuck. Um, <laughs> oh my god, that would have been amazing. It would have been good, but I think Ellie, Ellie plays bass there. What if they, like, Dual basing. Did bass together. That would be, learned how to play like, bass They together. have a bass battle, like, in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Yes. And then Ellie starts flying, like in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. <laughs> <laughs> um, as they're... As they're <laughs> she just, like, she looks off to her side. She's like, it sounds like somebody wants to get funky. <laughs> <laughs> as they're talking about this, Ashley and Ellie barge in. They literally called them posers before signing up their own band. <laughs> I love this episode. It's such a joy. <laughs> Straight up, I was I lived for this episode as a child, and I still do. And Ashley, and like, you know, Craig's like, oh, we could be friendly rivals, and Ashley's like, actually, you're a piece of shit. Anyway, I'm gonna beat you. <laughs> I fucking love mean Ashley. She's like, out for blood this whole fucking episode. Um, Deservedly, though. Yes, 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 because as we know... Craig cheated on her, did that whole entire thing with Manny, that's been, like, you know, all the talk at school. While we can obviously discuss how Manny has gotten an unfair rap during a lot of this, ultimately, Craig was really shitty to Ashley, and Ashley has every right to be angry. Um, so the opening happens, and then we jump back to the plot, which features Craig in his garage, trying to make lyrics happen, and he is just fucking them all up. He is just not having it. Nothing is really coming together. I, I just want to, um, I just want to point out what um, Ashley says. I pulled up the transcript because nothing ever gets in the way of what Craig wants. Not emotions, honesty, other people's feelings. Oh, man, I like. I hate saying that I love me and Ashley, but like when Ashley is angry, she's so entertaining as a character because she just fucking lets it rip. Every goddamn time. It's amazing. Um, so, back to Craig. He's trying to brainstorm lyrics. He tosses his notebook. He's really angry. Um, the band enters. Marco's pointing out how, like, the girl group, which is formed of Ashley, who's the lead singer. Um, you have Paige on guitar. You have Hazel on keyboards. 
Ellie on bass and... Who plays drums? Hazel? No, Hazel plays keyboard. I'll look it up. I don't think there's a drummer. I think, I, I think they might use a drum machine. Yeah, I think they use a drum machine. Um, none of them played drums in the last entity of the band. Yeah. They've, or, ne- they've never had a drummer. No, they never had a drummer. Um, so, Marco's talking about how that girl group is potentially going to kick their ass. And um, then Craig just kind of has them jump into playing the music. He, or he says that he doesn't really have any lyrics. The song is very of the time in terms of the type of sound it is. However, they are woefully out of time. Oh, God. It's like no, nobody's listening to the drums. No. Not even Spinner. He's not <laughs> listening to the drums he's playing. He's just, he's just like... <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's great. It's Everyone great. stops playing and he's still going. He doesn't uh, give a it sounds, shit. It's just, it's just bad. Until Craig whips something at his head. Yeah, he gets like really pissed off, throws like a water bottle at him. Um, because Spinner just stops playing, and because and, Spinner just keeps playing, and Spinner looks super indignant about it. Hey. Well, he looks <laughs> fake indignant about it. Yeah. He's like, what? <laughs> what? I didn't <laughs> even notice. Um, no. and, you know, Craig is just really <laughs> angry because... I, I need more me in the monitor. What? There's no <laughs> monitors! <laughs> <laughs> he, like, has, like, critiques for each and every one of them, um, and it takes Jimmy to kind of <clears throat> calm him down and refocus him. To kind of get him back on on track and where he needs to be for them to get this song together. I'm just like, was Marco strumming his bass? Because his note to Marco is, there is a bass, you play one note at a time. <laughs> he was probably strumming his bass, which you can do, it's just, just not typical. Leave my son alone. Oh my god, I can't wait for the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, the plot continues in Quan's class. And there's a little transition point that happens. Hazel is validating Ashley's concerns about seeing Terry in the hospital. There's this really sad observation that, like, you know, her cheeks are pink. She'll be, like, you know, con- like you know, she'll come back to consciousness any minute. And it's like, oh, that's dark. That means she's still in a fucking coma. Yeah. Um, and Ashley is just like, you know, like, I do want to see her. I don't really want to see her right now. I want to I wanna see her when we win. I want to be able to tell her that, like, you know, we got a victory. Um, so, after that, Quan says that she wants them to share their creative writing journal entries. Ashley gets up and gives this fabulous little nugget of a poem, which is, Black Twisted Agony. The fires of chaos burn on. Run for her tombstone. Before it's too late, the blood runs cold in her veins. Just, great. <laughs> just great. Just flashing back to all the extra people that I was back in the day. Yep. Ellie looks super, like, concerned. Like, what the fuck? This is not what I'm used to. Marco and Craig straight up laugh. And Quan has this hilarious de-escalation where she's like, great. Just great. Um, let's save all our feedback for once we've heard everybody's, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and then you just, like, you just hear her mumble to herself, like... Only 60 more days, 60 more days, 60 more days. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then in the hallway, Ashley's like, I don't get why anybody wanted, why didn't anyone want to say anything about my lyrics? And she's like, it's obviously about the Spanish Civil War. <laughs> yeah. Obviously. Paige is like, I don't think anybody understood it. <laughs> yeah. And then like, you know, Craig kind of, you know, taunts her 
And Ellie talks to her and says, like, you know, you should probably, like, write from experience. Which is interesting, because this has been an issue with Ashley, right? Like, this was an issue back when Paige and her were making music together, and Ashley was just kind of, like, ripping from the headline statistics about sexual assault. It's kind of interesting that this, this sort of um, blind spot that Ashley has in this episode is actually very consistent throughout her characterization. Um, and Hazel then suggests, like, you know, why don't you write about an ex? And then, like, on the spot, Ashley suddenly has lyrics. Cause, <laughs> hell hath no fury, finger guns. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um. And then Ellie's just like, Craig's in trouble. Yeah. It's, it's good. I love this girl band. I love them so much. Um, I love this prep goth solidarity that happens here. <laughs> I know that, like, Ellie and, and Ashley are not really goth, but... They're mall goth. Ooh. Ashley's so, like, seen to me. Like, kind of like that not-quite-seen, like, kind of like the I'm, I'm too afraid to make my hair look like a mushroom cloud scene that I was. I feel like Ashley's thing is, like, I want to be edgy, but I still want to get into college. And I like listening to Green Day too much to say that I get to listen to something else. Yeah. But, um... Can we listen to my killer romance? A, um, <laughs> the next scene we have with this plot is at the uh, music store. Craig is listening to some tunes. I saw a, a very out-of-focus Dropkick Murphy sticker in oh that scene. God. Oh, yes, I did. It, wow. I, I don't think it was what he was listening to. I think it was in the stand ahead, but I was like, oh, I know that band. Um, Jeez, it's a blast from the past. Right. Ashley like approaches him I hope people are going to skank at our show (laughs) Honestly there were none of ska bands in Degrassi I'll say it (laughs) I'll say it Dropkick wasn't really ska though No I just No no, they were not They were pretty just punk Yeah they were Did ska ever make it to the 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 frozen north Or did they Is that one of the things they stopped at the border (laughs) I am certain ska was in Canada I say that Beyond a shadow of a doubt, Ska was definitely in Canada. Quick look up, Canadian Ska bands. Oh my god. Dropkick Murray, you know, I always associate them with Ska because, like, as a kid, I had a friend with two older brothers who were deep in the Ska scene, and that was, like, one of the things that they would put on my playlists. Huh, it just says no. Huh, interesting. Okay, um, General Rudy, Bedouin Soundclash, King Apparatus, and Sub with two Bs. Those all sound extraordinary like Scott Band names. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Chris Murray? That sounds like a person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Kingpins, Daniel Wesley, Five Star Fair, two, two Stone, Two Skank. I feel like I know that name for sure. <laughs> Hell yeah. Everyone, uh, next week, well, the week after, I will come back with a music report on some of these bands. Hell yeah. For one coffee, I will review <laughs> Canadian ska. <laughs> no, we're just holding them hostage. Oh. <laughs> um, anyway. <laughs> Microtransaction <pay>, podcasting. <laughs> you, want my, you want my thoughts on Skinner's... On Skinner? Spinner's homophobia? Two cents. <laughs> Guess what? It sucks. No. <laughs> um, shit. Anyway, Ashley sees him... And then, like, tries to, like, kind of, like, do one of those, like, appear and disappear type things. And Craig then approaches her and says, like, you know, I respect you too much. And 
like, you know, he, he notices there's, like, there's clearly, she's clearly angry with him. Yes. And he's like, okay, I, I respect you too much to let our, our dynamic continue this way. Um, so he, he apologizes. For the lyrics. For, for the making lyrics. fun of her lyrics at, during class, her, her Spanish revolution or whatever it was, lyrics. Yeah, she, and then she obviously gets super pissed off because, hey, asshole, you should be apologizing for a lot more than that shit, and dramatically stomps off in true Ashley fashion. Yeah, she was thinking she was finally getting the apology for him cheating on her and all that ugly nonsense that happened between them. But no, he was... (laughs) Kids... What can I she, say? She asks him, like, that's it? That's what you're apologizing for? And he's like, yes, what What else? His, yeah, his, like... His three brain cells working, firing on overtime here, trying to figure out what's happening here. <laughs> the thing about Craig is, like, I'm so disappointed, but also the way that he is written right now, as much as I don't like it, is so reminiscent of every terrible boy that I have, like, ever met. Yep. <laughs> it's just like, oh, that really horrible thing that I should actually reflect on and take accountability for? Nah. Yep. Well, you see, he he thought that was over and done. That was water under the bridge at this point. Yeah. He had put that so far out of his mind that all he could think of was, okay, well, I made fun of her, her lyrics. That must be what's happening. <laughs> right. Exactly. Which, obviously, is not how she feels. <laughs> So, the next scene we have, it's at the stage area. Craig and the band are doing a sound check. I, I do want to point out that I don't think, up until this point, publicly, Craig has won many battles in the public eye over Ashley. Oh, no. Because it's mostly just her constantly dunking on him, and then, like, in uh, accidents will happen, just being like, Hey, everybody, guess how dumb these two are? Yeah, I mean, the thing about... The Ashley Craig situation is very interesting because, like, for all intents and purposes, the attacks on Ashley have been made in in relative privacy, more or less, because it had to do with, like, hooking up and things like that and happening behind the scenes. But then Ashley's kind of attack in the process is, like, entirely public. Like, 100% public. Yeah. And it's it's... One of those things where it's like, you could probably make an argument for how greatly public her her tirades have been. On the other hand, I get it. (laughs) Like, I feel her, and I feel her wrath, and I don't blame her. Um, Like, she was, there is this kind of, like, humiliation aspect that she feels because of the circumstances. So what's the easiest way to make sense of that humiliation? Publicly humiliate someone. Like, I get it. Um... I'm not saying it's a great thing, but I am saying that I get it. <laughs> um, meanwhile, back at the other scene, we have Craig and the band doing a soundtrack. There are still no lyrics, so they are just playing instruments. Um, Armstrong's just like, yeah, that was great. We'll hear you later. Cool, cool. Um, and then Spinner's like, yeah, when we have lyrics. Right, Craig? Hey. <laughs> Um, Armstrong then introduces the next band, which is Hell Hath No Fury, featuring all of the girls coming up. Um, they all come up, and Paige is like, oh yeah, by the way, this song actually has lyrics. Because <laughs> Paige is just a heckler. 
Yeah, I mean, Paige sees a knife, she's gonna twist it. Oh, absolutely. Like, she's she's the one, like, I was reading the YouTube comments, which is never a good idea. But, like, they were, like, talking about, like, like a lot of them were, like, ragging on Paige and, like, how she looks faking her way through playing the guitar. And I feel like, ultimately, like, I feel like the in-character thing would be, like, she doesn't actually know how to play guitar, she just knows how to run her mouth. And, like, she would just be, like, the very, like poppy looking person who just has like a fucking who just trash talks at the punk shows and to be fair a lot of dudes playing guitar ain't that hard yeah like it's e e e e d d d d g g g g e e e exactly it's not rocket science here yeah oh she's not like making an f chord shut up yeah like fuck you whatever she's a child number one number two i'm having fun but um yeah, so I guess we'll just play the song to kind of give you an idea of what Ashley's full vision of this song kind of ends up being. So uh, we'll pop that one in right now. Shabam! fun song like i really enjoy it they rock yeah like it's a really good time they rock and it's a big old f you to craig and that's what she wanted to say that's her experience that she has now written into lyrics yeah i was just flashing back to all the like edgy non-ever levine cds i bought sky sweetenum katie rose the veronicas yes i like the veronicas <laughs> veronica's very good but um it's very, um, yeah, it's very of the time, but it there's this sentiment to it that kind of makes you remember why you like listening to breakup songs when you're angry, because it, like, has a lot of that aspect to it. Um, and it's also fun because I think it goes back to what makes me like Degrassi a lot as a series, which is that there's these really good little moments where these are kids having fun, and you get that vibe in Hell Hath No Fury when they're performing together, that they are all just coming together to say fuck you to Craig and have fun doing it. Like, they're smiling during it. They are doing backing vocals with each other. Like, they're just having a fucking blast. And I really love the energy that comes out at the performance because of that. Yeah. But y'all know who doesn't like that. Oh, Craig. Yep. He's, 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 he's staring fuming. daggers at he's this performance. fuming. Um, to, All he did was cheat, God. Right? Like, he's just fucking angry. To a point that in Snake's class, he approaches Ashley, 
And he's like, those lyrics are not cool. Um, and this is this is in class, by the way. Yeah. Like, they're all on computers doing computer research work, whatever. Everybody's <laughs> quiet, and he's just trying to have this drama in the middle of class. It's, yeah. It's not a free period. <laughs> it's not like Snake's bullshit. I'm like, just free study, whatever. Who oh cares? Oh, my God. When he's just like, free research. Why not? We have the internet. And yeah, God. he's still teaching. He's still talking. <laughs> yeah. And Craig is, like, going off, and Ellie and Ashley are just to- being totally coy about it. They're like, aw, he thinks the song's about him. Yeah, they, um, oh, God, I can never remember the person who sang You're So Vain. Isn't that the Carpenters? I don't think so. I think I thought it was a one-hit wonder. You're So Vain in songs. Carly Simon. Okay. So. Sure. <laughs> Why are you bringing this up? No, because, like, it's, like, Ashley says... Oh, uh, poor Craig, he thinks the song's about him, and that to which Ellie replies, so vain. Yeah. And then Paige just goes, what'd you expect, for he's a jolly good fellow? <laughs> <laughs> I love her. <laughs> and once again, it's the New Jersey in me, New Jerseyan in me, where I just want her into a, go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I feel like of many, I feel like there are plenty of characters that, that could earn the F-bomb, but I feel like Paige... I would love to see Paige get the F-bomb, the Degrassi F-bomb, for Next Generation. Like, a good, just tacking on a little go fuck yourself at the end of something would be very satisfying. She gets yelled at Dean, she gets yelled at Dean. Right, yes, 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 exactly. Um, and Craig is just, like, about to, like, threaten Ashley, um, and then Ashley's just like... He's trying to get her to not play that song. Because yeah. if people, if he plays that, if they play that song, it's, you know, calling him out and... He thinks everyone's gonna hate him and make fun of him. And his feelings are hurt because he's being called out for doing something that hurt someone. How? What do you mean my actions have consequences? Ash, I swear if you play that song in the competition, I'll, to which Ashley applies, have sex with more ninth, with more ninth graders? Yes, it's brutal. Um, <laughs> he's just like searching, searching. I have nothing. <laughs> well, no, he tries to, and he just like he keeps punching really fucking down because he's like, oh well, you know, I wouldn't have cheated if you weren't such a prude. <laughs> oh, I thought you loved her though. It's like bad. This fight is like I was like. It, it, it gives you the same, like, satisfaction of watching, Ugh. like, Vanderpump Rules. She is, it's making, like, <laughs> she is making him feel so stupid, and as a viewer, we're, we're eating it up. Oh, yeah, it's very, like, reality TV confrontation level, where you're just like, ooh, this is delicious, I'm so glad I'm not a part of it. Yeah. <laughs> Sipping that tea. It is delicious. And then, again, this is all happening during class. Snake yeah. yells at them for one time to, to stop. He's and like, they just you'll keep get double homework. And then, they, then he has, has to say it again. Like, they do not care. They're airing their dirty laundry for all of them to see, which is yeah. very surprising considering Craig is so concerned about exactly that. Exactly. Yeah, well, he's doing this. In, yeah. I don't... Well, I think it's just Ashley's getting under his skin. Well, yeah. She, she's playing him and doing it well. If phones were better... Like, somebody be live-tweeting this. Oh, Like, yes. those times you see people, like, like, there's a couple breaking up on the roof next to my apartment, and I'll live-tweet their argument. Exactly. It, it has the same vibe. Um, meanwhile, at Joey's, specifically the garage, um, Spinner is wondering where Craig is. The whole band is there. Craig comes in, and he's like, you know what? I give up. Ashley is one. Like, what the fuck? I can't do anything. 
Um, and Jimmy and Spinner are like, but wait, we got lyrics. Hold up. Hold up. And I can't tell if they're trying to do this to, like, cheer him up, make this song to cheer him up, or inspire him, or they think this is actually a good idea, but... Oh, boy. Um, Spinner, Spinner and Jimmy try and... They perform a rap that they made together. They sure do! I have it up if you guys... I would do, you, do a, I, I can do a spoken word. You want to do a spoken word? Okay. I will do a spoken word. Here, here we go. It's, okay. it's not great. Okay. Rapping is the note. Our homie is a player. That is all. So why'd you have to go and kick his... Spinner jumps in with ball and chain. Ain't that your name? Because you a player hater, and that's a shame. Jimmy comes in with, and chicks like you ain't worth too much. So shut up, girl. And they both say, and make my lunch. Yeah. With, with like the the sh shit eating grins that you could imagine being on these two teenagers who think sexism is the new hot thing. Yeah. Oh my god! And Marco is just sitting there in. Oh, oh, he's horrified. Marco's this, like, we have oh to go my outside. God. Let's my go, mom Craig. is calling. I have to leave right now. <laughs> Mar uh, uh, Craig, you're you're walking with me. Walk, we walk. We must outside walk. I love that reaction. It's it's. I, there's this interesting. I actually quite like Marco in to a certain extent. I like Marco in this because I do appreciate that. Like he is really trying hard to toe to straddle the line between these two groups. Because for all intents and purposes, he's friends with like every member of every band. Like. He is it's close true. with everyone. His best friend is in the other one. And he's friends with the other members. And and there's this thing where it's like he's kind of like trying to just keep it together, keep it together, keep it together. And now he's like, Aww. I break. I break. This is it. You know there had to be a moment where like he was out with Ellie and the crew and they're like, like yeah. And like somebody mentioned something about Craig and Ash is like, yeah, another thing. And like looks over at Mark and he's like, Right, I'll go over there. <laughs> yeah, right? That's, uh, that happened to me a few times in high school. <laughs> oh, no! But yeah, that's what happens. That's, uh, what, that's what happens when you passively move through high school and just hang out with whoever. Exactly. No, I think that happens all the time. Um, My real question for this scene, though, is, is this perhaps Drake's first rapping debut? Hmm. Maybe. Perhaps. I'm trying to remember if he's done any other performances in the past three seasons. No. I don't yeah. remember one. I remember his wonderful Charles Dickens read, but I do not remember a rap. Now, was, was, he, was he getting into into that while filming in Degrassi? Yeah, he was. Okay. So probably not his first yeah. experience, but, but... I don't have a perfect timeline yeah. of, like, when, but there was a time... I do remember a direct overlap between it because his because Jimmy as a character does get more and more into performing and more and more into rapping. Okay. So there's a lot of like interplay between the actor's interest and the character's then interest. Oh my god, I would love to just like build up a successful career as like an interviewer. Then I interview Drake. I'm like, okay, so your first rap from the Degrassi episode, Rock and Roll High School. Let's talk about that. That was a long time ago. That's the only thing I'm going to be asking about. I'm pretty certain he's <laughs> gone on record about how embarrassing that is. <laughs> I mean, I would be embarrassed tremendously if that is in my my reel of, like, material. I mean, it, it fit the bill. It, it did. It fit the character. It did. 
Well, that's the thing. It's like Jimmy. He did a good job at it. Yeah. And it was, as bad as it was, he did a good job at it. It's, it's really funny because like Jimmy and Ashley, who, you know, at one point were together, both had these vindictive streaks. Like, supremely so. And it's really kind of funny that it is Jimmy, like, being like, yeah, yeah, let's make this rap. Let's let's be a piece of shit about this. Because, like, I feel like him and Ashley cope with things in a similar intensity. <laughs> Maybe it's good they didn't stay together. <laughs> no, it's kind of like, it kind of reminds me of when I was like, oh, man, I really want Tim Cashley and Taylor Swift to, like, date at least for a little while. Because the breakup albums would be amazing. Oh, fuck. <laughs> um... But, but yeah, so, like, Marco's like, we need to go. So, Marco takes Craig into a forest, which, by the way... Well, it's just behind the house or something. Yeah, it's just, like, you know, it's one of those foresty areas near a house. Duh. But still. Um, Marco is like, hey, how are the lyrics going? And Craig's like, I'm fucking blocked. I can't do anything. Um, and Marco's just like, so glad I'm not into girls. Okay. And then screams at the top of his fucking lungs. <laughs> Just opens, unhinges his jaw, and just yells. It's like there's like no transition to this. He just yells. It's so good. <laughs> and Craig is just like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> and Marcus is like, "I don't know. It helps creativity. Like, you know, just fucking let loose. It helps. It helps clear my mind." Yeah. Um, and Craig does this really like tentative scream. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like one of those. And Marcus like, "You gotta mean it." And Craig is just like, actually, just screams. And man. Do you ever wish that Marco and Craig got together? Because I do. Yeah. No. Craig doesn't deserve him. I know, but, like, let's, let's, like, like, let, let's, let's imagine that they got together at a timeline earlier than all of that nonsense. Like, the actors have this, like, really good rapport with each other, and it always makes me, like, wish that things could have gone differently. Shockingly, I don't. Really? I don't think they would work well. Interesting. I, I don't... I, I, they... Craig is not good with communication, and Marco needs communication. Mm. Yeah, I guess that's true. I think they would implode real quick. Well, it was my ship in high school, so yeah. what did I know? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, they have very good chemistry. I mean, I see, I see it, I just don't care for it. Yeah, fair enough. And mostly because of what I now know about Craig. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Alternative timelines. Is what I am suggesting. Yeah. Um, there, there's a timeline where Marco comes out to Spinner. Spinner is talking to the boys. And, like, he's just like, guy, like, Marco told me he's gay. And, like, you just see, like, a little dust cloud as Craig zips off to find Marco. Yeah. Yeah, there is an alternative timeline that Craig is not as much of a shithead and is decent bisexual representation and all is okay in Degrassi world. Yeah. I think that's just fanfic. Yeah. Yes, that is what you're describing. Yes. Just like my alternative fan- timelines. There you go. <laughs> Just like my fanfiction, Paige and Ellie, like yeah, also falling in love. Yeah, exactly. Um, the next scene we have, we're at school, and the girls are marching through the hallway wearing iconic shirts of Craig's face in flames. Which I recall a time on the T Nick website where you could print that file so that you can print it out on like t shirt transfer paper so that you can make your own t shirt. I didn't do it. You too I could be one with the band. I should have. You see, I think I had too much of a Craig bias growing up that I couldn't give in, but now that I'm an adult, I'm like, I fucking wear that shirt every day. <laughs> I would make a back patch of that. Because it's 
great. Like, it's just one of these, like, beautiful, iconic moments in Degrassi history that I'm just obsessed with. Just picture the four of them um, just walking down the hallway, uh, arm, arm, shoulder to shoulder, wearing matching t-shirts with Craig's face in flames. And all the shirts are modified to complement their aesthetic choices. So, like, Ashley's is, like, <laughs> one long sleeve, one off, kind of off the shoulder, like, Ellie's are long-sleeved, um, Hazel and Paige's are more fitted, like, so fucking good. And then the back of the shirt says Hell Hath No Fury, which is their band name. It's really good. Um, and as they're marching by... I like also they got a picture, I'm looking at the shirt. Good. Um... um. I like oh, the fact that they also have a picture of him with his mouth open. Yeah, he looks, like, dumbfounded. <laughs> it's so fucking good. Um, but Craig is just like, I give up. Like, I can't fucking do this. Um, and he's just like, you know, all Ashley cares about is making my life in living hell. Um, and Ashley comes in and is like, hey, asshole, you made me want to die, so fuck you. Which, valid. Like... I get it. It's a little extremist, but that's what happens when you're a teenager. But that's, I think, I do think that's how she felt. Like, I I, I don't doubt that for a second. Like, Ashley, like, yeah, I could believe had suicidal ideation re the humiliation that she endured. Because I think that's the thing. It's like, it's not just, for her, it's not just, oh, this loved one, like, slighted me. It's also, like, there was a humiliation piece of this that she is just so angry about. So I Mm -hmm. do, I get it. Um... And Craig is just like, well, okay, and he just, like, starts yelling, like, I'm sorry, repetitively, getting louder and louder and louder in the process. Um, and she's just like, well, you could just have to mean it. Like, Well, let's get the let's get the wording of this, because it's very sorry. good. This is just one of, like... I don't have it written down! This is, like, one of, I like, do. ten, like, great one-liners. Mm-hmm. Craig is just going, I'm sorry, 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 escalating the tone and, and the volume. How many times do I have to say it? And that's where Ashley says, until you mean it. And walks away. Would have been another use of the F-bomb. You know, I would give Ashley the F-bomb. The F-bomb any, rule. I think it, any woman on this show, and Marco, deserves to use the F-bomb. It's true. Because they just put up so much shit. It's so true. Um, but yeah, it's just, there's a lot of, like, really snappy dialogue in this that's really entertaining. I think it's what makes this episode so fun as a viewer is, like, there's a lot of really snappy exchanges. Because I know, like, I watched the episode ahead of time, Gwyn then watched it later, and, like, the whole entire time I had my headphones in as Gwyn was watching it, and, like, Gwyn was just kind of, like, laughing There's some great one-liners, like, like, from the, I hate you, <laughs> from, from Angela to the, to the, until you mean it. It's just, oh, it's so good. Yeah, it's just, like, really entertaining television. <laughs> when Marco just opens his jaw and screams, that was, oh, it was so good. <laughs> um, he just opens his, he just opens his mouth and pure light pours out, because that is what Marco is. I love him. Pure light and joy. I love my son. Um, so we go to the performance, um, the girls perform, which we've heard the song already, but they do like a, they go into it pretty hard. Yeah, they, they add a little vocal, um, effects in the, in the live performance. It's good. Yeah. And when it, all the, the lines, girls are there. All yeah. the girls are with it. They're like yeah. standing, they're having a fucking blast. Like they are all feeling hell half no fury. Yes. And one of the lines in the, in the song, you, you heard it before, but one of the lines I, I think it was in the chorus at the end. 
is they're there's they're calling Craig Mr. Nice Guy. Yeah. Which like, wow. Ooh. Ooh. Calling it out before before it even became like a thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mr. Nice Guy. Yeah, no, they were like really on the pulse when it yeah. came. It's it's almost like frustrating how much the boys of Degrassi get away with shit because it feels like when the right writers are writing the girls, they're very aware of how the boys suck. And I just wish they like really pushed it more beyond this, but it was really fucking good to hear that in the lyric. I don't know who writes these songs for Degrassi, but they're like fucking awesome. It's great. Yeah, just one of the things with Craig is that he... It's a very obvious example of he is clearly... He doesn't have the moral high ground, yet he still tries to bulldoze his way through and make it seem like he's right. Exactly. And... You see that with so many boys just try and do this in relationships. When they screw it up, they don't want to acknowledge it because that gives that gives up power. Yeah. And he's just been trying to to, to not acknowledge it this entire time, um, and it's culminated in in this in this battle of the bands being publicly called out by by this song. Exactly. Um... Well, I, I made the Scott Pilgrim reference before, and I would honestly say Craig in, in this episode is being less, like, more scummy than Scott Pilgrim, because Scott at least realized, I shouldn't be dating two women at the same time, and I'm going to break up with one. Yeah. Not before cheating, but, you know. It's true, though. There's, um, oh, there's, uh, there's been a lack of accountability consistently through his actions. Um, but yeah, like, the girls love the set. The judges look, like, pretty pleased, and when they are finished performing, the whole entire crowd cheers. Because they are real pumped on Hell House, No Fury. Yeah. Um, Next up, though, is 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 um is Craig's band, in which Liberty comes out, and it's <laughs> just another great line here. <laughs> so, um, should I downgrade your your rock quartet? I have it listed as rock quartet here. Should they be downgraded to a a power trio? <clears throat> She's such because a jerk. Craig, I love it because Craig has not shown up. Um, he's been totally spooked by his conversation with with Ashley before, and he's, like, just wanting to give up. Um, Spinner's like, well, we can always use our lyrics, and Marco just, like, gives a look that you can tell he has seen the future, and it is shit. He's that gif of Pooh, like, ascending into the heavens <laughs> as a ghost. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> You've not seen this? No. It's Pooh Bear, um, 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 Winnie, Winnie the Pooh, uh, just, like, it's in, it's in the Kingdom Hearts game. I don't remember the reason why. But <laughs> I'm searching Winnie the Pooh Ascension. <laughs> oh no, yeah. Listeners, please hold on. Ascending. Oh, someone Google finished it for me. Ow. Oh. Here you go. What? <laughs> I may have to let it. I don't think he's did he see there we go. What the? Why? Why did Pooh die? <laughs> anyway, that's Marco um, at the premonition of, of having to, to to be on stage when this rap is being performed. <laughs> oh my god! Though, just imagine how good it would be if they go out and perform their rap, and like Marco is just like, "Nope, I'm done," and just stop. God damn it! Now Donnie's just like pulling up gifts of poo and he's just doing some sort of dance uh, this is a and, and like they just cut to the old meme town i'm sorry the the internet has has we've caught the internet bug it's inescapable it happens they, to everybody they just cut to the audience and it's like all the people booing spinner and jimmy as they do this 
like horrifically misogynistic rap, and then like he keeps panning or air like booing, and then just cut like the last one is Marco like boo. <laughs> so the thing is though, they they I was I was ready to believe that that would be what happened on stage, because like. Without without Craig there, Spinner goes and takes the mic, and oh, that that is the worst idea anyone could ever think of. <laughs> he punctuates everything with "woo." Yeah, he like he, he introduces their band name, which by the way is Downtown Sasquatch. Iconic. He goes everybody uh uh, uh and like musician the music um instruments in the back are like clattering and and going and it's just totally unprofessional. He introduces we're Downtown Sasquatch. <laughs> Woo! It does like a rock on hand symbol. It's um, so embarrassing. And he gets met with crickets, of course. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, and then, like you know, they they go, and he's like, he goes to the drum set. He goes to kind of get them to get cued in. And Marco, like, we're gonna play a song for you. Uh, 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 yeah, we don't have a name for this song. Anyway, let's go. Yeah. Um, and then as he's about to count everyone in, Marco sees Craig at the side of the stage. And Marco's like, "Fucking stop, please." <laughs> no. Yeah. No, that's what, that's what would have happened if they went with the rap. That would have been awful. It's just like in slow mo. <laughs> So thank goodness they did not go with the rap. Craig shows up. Um, he like he, has the lyrics in his pocket. He has written the lyrics. They're on a piece of paper. And at, at first he, he walks up to the microphone and I really thought he was just going to like, not even, these weren't even lyrics to his song. They were just like him actually just verbally saying, hey, I'm sorry. And like having an actual accountability and being direct in like a, a literal apology to the actual audience and directly to Ashley. But that's not what it is. It is, it is a song. Which, let's give Which it a listen. Which somehow they, they, they kick in, and, well, you can hear it. Yeah. Right here. I don't know if you'll forgive me From being so blind to how you felt Don't ask me why you couldn't see it And that'd take me years to figure out Awesome. Yeah. And and somehow between like um noon or, or four four PM yesterday and today of the competition, they've learned how to play instruments and, and together <laughs> in time. And yeah, well I mean I was kind of impressed until until the end. <laughs> well I mean, so Craig does this song and like I mean, you've listened to the lyrics, it's all about him just being like I was blind to how you felt. 
Um, he literally has lyrics that are like, what I know is that I suck, which mood. <laughs> it's, it's him saying he knows he fucked up, but he doesn't, he's, he, he also knows he's too stupid to, to really understand how, which is a cop out, but it's the no. best he can do. It's also a cop out because like, he has done this before where he has like, to express his feelings, he's had to write a song about it. And, like, that is something that worked on Ashley in the past. And as you can see in the shot, like, it kind of spends a long time on her. And you can tell that, like, she's not really making a totally discernible face, but she's affected by the performance. I, I think the idea, like, I think gestures and poetry is very sh meaningful to Ashley. Like, the, yeah. the act of the gesture. Oh, for sure. She's all about the gesture. I say that lovingly to the girl. But I mean, she likes flashiness. Well, I mean, even before that, like, you know, like, when she wanted to have sex with Jimmy, or, like, you know, her and Jimmy were thinking about having sex, it wasn't so much about, like, like, I want him, and I want to do this. It was like, I need to show him, and this is the gesture by which I show him. Yeah. And, like, when they get back together, it's just like, let me show you via a song how I feel about us. She's very rigid love language. Yeah. And honestly, I kind of wanted Hell Have No Fury to win. Yeah. Well, what happens is, is that the boys are running out and it reveals that they won. Which... I, I call mean, bullshit. I mean, you, you listen to the songs. You know what it makes me think of? Make up your opinion, but... <laughs> it makes me think of, like, how... Like, it's, it's like, like, you know, when you read about how, like, blind auditions happen and, like, women get hired more often because, like, they can't use their bias. Like, that's how it felt. It felt like, oh, they're girls, so, like, they're not going to be able to put it together for, for a record. Like, no. Let's give it to the boys. They seem put together. <laughs> it's bullshit. I think Hell Half No Fury should have won. I, I, oh, their song is so much better. Like, even thematically it would have been better <laughs> because it's just like, yeah, sometimes you, you just... You don't win. Yeah, sometimes you just apologize, and, like, you still feel like shit, but you're like, you know what, I did the right thing. It's very weird. Well, well here's why I, I was yeah. just thinking about this. I think this is why they won, because they show them winning, they're celebrating, and then Ashley comes up and and, and tells Craig. Um, it's a very short exchange. He says, nice lyrics. Um, they're just right. Yeah. And that's it, and she walks past him and leaves. Yeah. So I, I, I think the reason why they had Craig's band win was because if she had won, it would be kind of like, it, he could interpret it as like... It wasn't good enough. Like, nice lyrics, they're just right, but I still won, so fuck you. Yeah. It, but when, when, when Craig ba Craig's band wins, she is coming up to him, and the only reason she can be there is because she is actually acknowledging his effort. Yeah, and, and also... not because she's gloating or anything it, like it's, that. It's also a Craig plot. Ultimately, yeah. it's not a Ashley plot. It is a Craig plot, which means that everything kind of has to go back to him. If this was angled as an Ashley plot, then Hell Hath No Fury <clears throat> probably could have easily won. Yeah. For it to make sense from a writing perspective. But yeah. it would be also more about her coping and dealing with it and using creativity to deal with her emotions as opposed to the flip side of this plot, which is Craig figuring out the right words to kind of close out this story between him and Ashley. But yeah. Still think they were robbed. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I think they were robbed. <laughs> um, does anybody have anything else? Nah, I'm good. Nah, man. 
Okay, we burned through this episode so quick. It was it was fun. Well, a lot of it was they they spent a good deal amount of time on like the actual songs. So yeah, <laughs> and also like I said, we we're going to be talking about racism and homophobia, but we really didn't. You know. Yeah, you just weren't prepared. There were just there wasn't that much offensive stuff in this episode. Well, I think that was what was nice about it is like it. It, it it was a very entertaining episode, as in, like, I didn't have to get super bogged down by certain things. It, it isn't like some episodes where it's like, oh, Chris is here, what fucked up shit are the writers gonna come up with now? Like, which is kind of shitty because that kind of implies how white the cast was in this, this episode. Where the fuck was Chris? Chris is a musician. Yeah. Yeah, it would have made sense for him to have, like, a set or something. Yeah. But, Whatever. Uh, maybe maybe it's original music, not DJing. Yeah, even then, I feel like you could have had him be like the house DJ, like you know what <laughs> I mean, like how they have like the house band and shit. Sometimes at award shows, like could have worked. Yeah. Anyway, they could have had him instead of the 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 Blue Jays baseball player. That yeah, they, the Blue Jays. That Jay they blew all their budget player. on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it it it's one of those episodes where it doesn't get like super bogged down in certain aspects of it. At the end of the day, it's a very simple story, but it works really well. It's very teen. I loved this episode as a kid. Like I really loved it, but I think it's good. It was great. It was so entertaining. Yeah. Like it, it hits a lot of those emotional notes that I think teen viewers like, but also as an adult, it's still entertaining as hell. So I really enjoyed the episode, but Frank, what did you rate this episode? I'll give it an A minus. Nothing, just nothing too offensive. Hell yeah. I, yeah. Just, yeah. A minus. It's fine. Nice. Wasn't, uh, uh, we're recording two episodes today. I'm going to pull the curtain back a little bit. I'm super pumped on the next episode. Me too. <laughs> it's very cute. It's so cute. Um, speaking of which, let's get into character rankings. Yeah. Uh, first off, Marco can do no wrong. True. <laughs> he is such a sweet, sweet boy. I want him to have better friends. <laughs> so actually, um, Spinner, uh, he's, he's going one step back two steps forward because while I did not enjoy his misogynistic rap with Jimmy, Jimmy's just go- taking two steps down. Eh, yeah, one step down. Um, I did enjoy the fact that he seems to be getting more comfortable with Marco. Because, yeah. like, when they win, Marco and him are they hugging. They hug, yeah, that's true. They do embrace. So, I did enjoy that. Craig, uh, clutched it on the end. You can stay where you are. <laughs> Paige and Ellie are just still hanging out in the heavens now with their new addition, Marco, um, who's just, oh my god, I love that boy so much. I'm so happy you love my son. Um, let's see, uh, then we got Ashley fucking dropping those sick burns going up, um, Angie dropping like sick I hate you's going up, uh, Caitlin for trying your best going up, um... Who else? Uh, there Joey, aren't that many people in this episode. Joey for trying to be a good dad on the rise. Um, or showing Caitlin the ropes on the rise. Hazel, wish more could have been done. Um, you're on the ups. And yeah, I think that's kind of it. Awesome. Um, so now let's go to recommendations. This is where we recommend things that are either tangentially related, things that might be directly related, things that we're just enjoying, etc., etc., um, mine, I want to believe, is pretty on the nose. It is a webcomic comic called Band vs. Band. I actually just backed the Kickstarter for this one um, because they were reprinting the first two volumes of it. You can also read it online. It's about two drastically different bands with two drastically different lead singers who are gals who fall in love. So um, if you are interested in 
band rivalry type stuff, but you want something a little gayer than this, I strongly recommend checking that out. Cool. Uh, okay, well, thematically, the recommendation I was going to give is pretty much the same exact thing, um, it, which is Gem and the Holograms. I have not read any of the later um, issues that have come out, but the, the first couple volumes are super great. Um, Sophie Campbell does the art for the first couple volumes, and, and it's wonderful and gorgeous. And it's about, uh, essentially, two, again, two bands, different characters cast, and they're very different. They're rivals, they're enemies, but they're also friends, and romantic attractions happen, and it's a good old time. It's, it's just great. It's a gay old time as it's, well! It's a gay old time as well, too. Uh, mine's a bit more problematic because of the subject material. I want to recommend Killing Eve. I still have to watch that. Oh, I've been told it's good. And I just love Sandra like, Oh, so... Yes. Sandra Oh gets to do a workout in this, like, show. She is so good in it. She as, deserves it. As is Jodie Com uh, Jody Comer, her um, uh, enemy slash uh, romantic interest, I guess. Hey. God, yeah. lots of, lots of sapphic recommendations this week. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> It, like, we're on episode five of season one. It is very good. Um, and I did, like, somebody on Tumblr pointed out, like, the writing team, the uh, advertising team knows who they're advertising the show to because one advertisement was just um, a tweet that said, Villanelle in a suit, enough said. More <laughs> strong looks on this week's episode of Killing Eve. Nice. And I was just like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I am nice. here for it. Um... So yeah, that's what I'll recommend. Awesome. Um, and with that said, Gwendolyn, you've made it through. I did it again. <laughs> Amazing. I mean, this one this one was pretty much a cakewalk. <laughs> that's kind of true. Are there ways that people can continue talking to you? Uh, yeah, I mean, you've heard it before. I have a Twitter underscore frappy. You say that uh, as if people, are, this is not some people's first episode. You don't know. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I've been on like, I don't know. Ten, at least. I've not kept track. Probably, probably more a few, a few. Um, if you want to keep in touch with the podcast, there's a couple ways you can do so. You can email us at ihopepod at gmail.com. Feel free to send any questions, comments, concerns, as well as any potential interest in joining us and in co-hosting one of these episodes. We are closing out season three, and we are making our way to season four. And season four is a huge season. I was looking it up today, and I am super psyched for Frank to experience it. So if you are a newbie or a veteran or you know somebody who is either of those things, please do not hesitate to reach out. We would love to have you on the show. It is legitimately a blast to have you. It is also a paid gig. So if you want to make some quick money and you want to talk, talk to us for roughly two hours, feel free to reach out. Um, we're also interested in getting people who might be able to transcribe some of our things. I am in the process of doing it for the first episode, and let me tell you, it takes a long fucking time to transcribe us. I, like, literally was five minutes, and we hit, like, a thousand words. <laughs> I don't know why I am such a fucking windbag, and I hate myself. But if, if you want to try and help out in that endeavor, please do not hesitate to email us as well. There's other ways you can keep in touch with us. You can join our Facebook group at I Hope I Can Make It Through Podcast. You can also join uh, us on Twitter at I Hope Pod. Um, if you want to support the show, there are two ways you can do that. You can send us a coffee 
Any money that we make is going to go toward compensating our guests as well as tech upgrades. Or you can join our review challenge. So as of right now, we are challenging listeners to help us reach 20 ratings or reviews. Once we hit 20, we are going to go back into the Degrassi archives and check out some older Degrassi Junior High, Degrassi High episodes to give you double the content as thank you for helping us out. So if you are interested in hearing our hot takes on some of this original stuff and you want to see us interact with Joey and Caitlin the first time around, please do not hesitate to do so. And thank you everybody who has so far. We're at six, so we are making our way there. If you want to keep in touch with me personally, you can follow me on Twitter at DMIsUnbreakable. I also have a, I have a article out on, on um, comicsmnt.com. Uh, the title of the article is called Finding Gender Euphoria Through Titty Chop Boob Slash, which is a zine that I am near and dear, that is near and dear to me, and honestly, I believe to be, should be part of the trans canon. So if you want to hear me talk about a comic that really moved me, do not hesitate to read it. Um, that's all I kind of have to remote right now. So take it away, Frank. Um, I have another podcast called Teen Girl Talk, which is way dumber and, um, not about Degrassi. Um... We just cover whatever uh, my sister and I feel like. It's just teen, it's more teen media. Uh, if you're listening to this, we're probably knee deep in May smooches. Um, a uh, changeover from our normal May, which is murder May, because um, you know it's not every May. Um, the sun is also a star comes out, and another movie that we really want to watch. And we're also doing Midnight Sun and some other fun stuff. Awesome. That being said, everybody, we hope we can keep making it through and that you're going to be there with us. Until next week, everyone. See ya. Later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.